about that great day when we get a chance to see Jesus. The one who died. The one who sacrificed. The one that gave his life for ours. God, we thank you today. God, we thank you for this beautiful worship today. Energetic, meaningful, purposed worship today. We thank you for pulling us out of our comfortable beds and comfortable homes and bringing us to this place to praise your name and to lift up the name of the Lord. To share the gospel message and to share the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord God, even for the rain. The rain is a sign of things to come, a sign of growth. We thank you, Lord God, for every person here today. I pray, Father God, that they have come to hear a word from up on high. I thank you, Lord God, for everything that you've done for us this week. And I thank you for the word that you have placed in my belly. May it go forth with power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's been a great week. Nothing but blessings upon top of blessings, upon top of blessings, upon top of blessings, and they keep coming. You know how sometimes when you have a drought, a dry season, seems like nothing is moving left or right. Everything seems to be at a standstill. But then one day God just shows up and starts moving the vehicle further along. It may not be giant steps, but they are baby steps. And then they turn into jogs, and then runs, and then sprints. So now we are sprinting. So today, God has given me a message for us to open up our eyes and see his goodness, his power, his mercy, his love, his patience. So God has asked me to give you an eye exam today. (laughs) Thus is the reason that I am standing before you today with my topic, the eye exam. So if you'll turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to read from verse 15 through 20. And I'm going to be reading from the NLT. And when you have it, if you would please stand and read with me. And I want us to read verse 19 in unison, in concert. Whatever version you have, that's fine. But I'll begin reading verse 15 through 18, and then 19 and 20 we will read in unison. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom 
and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that the hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich and glorious heritance of his power to us Lord who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he brought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places may be seated in his presence he called us to be his holy people that we will be able to understand the incredible incredible greatness not just mediocre greatness his incredible greatness of his power for those who do believe in God for those who don't believe in God I don't know what to say I don't know what to tell them except for why don't you give him a try my Lord how well do you see how many of us wear glasses reading glasses contacts computer glasses mm -hmm. All kinds of glasses, bifocals, trifocals, quadrifocals, and every kind of focal you can think of. You can see five different ways these days. But how well do you see? Or how well do you think you see? I want everybody to, to close their eyes. No peeking. You're still writing. No peeking. Close your eyes. And just think what life would look like if you couldn't see. Every day you get up, no vision of light, no way to operate on your own. You have to rely on somebody else to lead and guide you. What would your life look like then? Some statistics state that 285 million people are estimated to be visually impaired. Keep your eyes closed. Worldwide, 39 million are blind. So can you imagine 39 million people walking around in the state you're in now? Can you imagine? 39 million people are blind and 246 have low vision. Globally, this major cause of visual impairments are oftentimes reflective of myopia, hyperopia, or astigmatism, cataract, glaucoma. Now I'm gonna grab one of you by the hand and I'm gonna lead you around. I'm not gonna tell you who it's gonna be. And if I grab you by the hand, I want you to get up quietly and just follow me around the room.
Your eyes closed. Now open your eyes. <coughs> now look around the room and see who's missing. <coughs> so how did that make you feel? Did you feel vulnerable? Did you trust my voice? Did you trust that? the room would still be the same when you open up your eyes? Isaiah, did you trust me because you know me or because you trust the God in me to lead you in the right path? Ask yourself that rhetorical question. How many of us have been led by the blind and don't even realize it? Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. The spiritually blind. How many of us have been preached to by the blind? How many of us have been driven by the blind? Are we even aware that they were walking without the light? They sounded good. They looked convincing. But were they really connected? So today I ask you to examine your eyes one more time. Everybody that cries, Lord, Lord, don't know Jesus. Amen. And we have seen it time and time again how people get so caught up in the messenger and they forget about the message. They don't even consider the source. She just sound good and he looked pretty. Mm. But no one considers, has that person really, really sought the Lord about the word for that day? Do they even know where they're going? Do they have a clue? Do they have a plan? Sounds like one of our presidential candidates. They've blown a lot of hot, hot air, making a lot of I will, I promise, but what are you promising to do? You still haven't laid out your plan. I say at least we have one. We have a plan, we have a place, and we have a process. So many people are led by people who are not spiritually connected to God. But they wouldn't know it because they're not connected. When your eyes are spiritually open, you don't miss much. A lot of people miss it because they're not really looking for it because they're too convinced that the person that they're following has been called by God. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. So if your eyes are not spiritually open, you could be led by the blind.
Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. And I like the King James Version, so whomever has that version, I want you to stand and read that version. Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. What is the common phrase? And in thy name, and in thy name, and in thy name. Many, the word says many will say. That's an undisclosed number. Many will say. Many will say. But Lord, did you? See me uh, cast out that demon in that young man or young woman? It, it, but I did it in your name. Didn't you, didn't you see me raise the dead? It, but I did it in your name. But then God will say, uh, I don't know you. What your name is? We didn't have a relationship on earth. So because you said in Jesus' name, I allowed it to take place. But I didn't know you. Who are you? I don't know your name. The psalmist says, God knows my name. He knows my name. I have not forgotten. So when I get to the prayer of the gates, God is going to say, Yeah, I remember you, Vita. You preached the gospel message to a lost soul one day, and they got saved. You have to be careful who you follow these days. Some people in Christian leadership have no business there. They have no business leading God's people. They are physically and spiritually blind. And those people will cause us to operate outside of our purpose. Appointing people to Christian leadership is great, but not everyone is called to lead. God showed me that too. Man, that was a hard lesson because, man, I just thought, man, they'd be really gifted in that area. Man, they have some really good gifts. and Man, they would be great for the ministry. And God is like, no, they're not. And let me show you why. God said, Doris, I call you to pastor this church, so lead my sheep. Doris, yes, I call you to preach and teach the gospel, so feed my sheep. Doris, you are my representative for this community, the one I chose to shepherd them. So why are you letting these billy goats run your church? Mm-hmm. Take your rightful position, please. Mm-hmm. You're not desperate for them, but you are for me. Now get together and get it together, woman of God before I sit you down. Period. I hear you. So many people walk around in spiritual blindness and don't even realize they're blind. They are being led by the lost. You lost, they lost. What? How are you going to find your way? GPS can't get you there. <laughs> they have no idea where they're going. They keep circling around over. Did we pass that tree like five times ago? Did we pass that building like eight times ago? 
and you still haven't gotten any further than when you started. We're just on the pivot, moving, but not going anywhere. I'm glad God has given us a plan. We have a spot right over there. Just going to take us some time to get to it, and I'm okay with it. Whatever God wants, we're on his time. So today I want to leave you with three questions. I want to challenge you with three questions, and I want you all to give these questions some thought. Don't just, uh, just don't throw caution to the wind. Just don't be mediocre about it. Just think about it. Think about it. Give it some in-depth thought. How well do you see your purpose? How well do you see? We're talking about the eye exam. How well do you see your purpose? Do you have a astigmatism? Do you have glaucoma? Do you have cataracts? Is your vision clouded? How well do you see your purpose? Number two, how well do you see your possessions? What do you have? What has God given you to work with? You may not have millions of dollars, but if you got two or three dollars, you can work with that. You can buy some, some food with that. You can buy a 99 cent meal with that. You can eat pretty good for three bucks these days. And then number three, how well do you see your power? How well do you see your power? Are you aware that we have the breath of God's life in us? When God created humankind from the dust of the earth, he breathed into us life. So we have the breath of God inside of us. You know, that's, that's powerful. You know you have the power of God living on the inside of you? So are you aware? How well do you see it? Do you abuse it and misuse it? Or do you use it to help somebody? The boy with the two fish and five loaves of bread had no idea that God would use him to feed a multitude of people. He was just going to the meeting just like everybody else. He was going to get fed and he ended up feeding. Imagine that. You're going for one reason and God's going to use you for something else. When we were at the domestic violence conference a couple of weeks ago, I was just showing up just to be a vendor and just to push my books and to sell some things for another person and I end up praying for the group. My Lord. I come to just be a part. I ain't come to participate. But you have to always be ready for God to use you. Amen. And since God has made me aware of my purpose, I can no longer hide it. Catch out the bag. So I'm not going to deny it anymore. I am who I am. Y'all know how I talk about I don't like titles. But God is like, you can't hide it no more. I need for you to take your rightful position in the kingdom. This boy had no idea he was going to be feeding a multitude of people with his one sack lunch. He had no idea what his purpose was. He didn't see it at first. And then once God blessed it, or Jesus blessed it, it multiplied and fed so many people, and they still had some stuff left over. So you got to see. You got to see, you got to know. You got to know what your purpose is in life and get to it. Mm 
Stop wasting time. Don't pull a Doris. Stop wasting time. Get to it. How well do you see what you have in your hand? What do you possess? What's that in your hand, Deacon? What is it used for? To write what? Whatever I need. It's an instrument to jot down something on paper. It produces ink. And somehow it creates results. What is that in your hand, Moses? A staff. What is that in your hand, Sister Marjorie? Knowledge. What is that in your hand, Sister Deirdre? Administrative gifts that were being hidden in your previous employment. What is that in your hand, Sister Candace? Wisdom, knowledge, experience. What is that in your hand, Brother Isaiah? Perhaps you will be operating in one of the highest positions in the military. What is that in your hand, Doris? Well, we got two or more gathered in, in, in Jesus' name, yeah. So I'm with you. I'm in the midst of you. When Moses took that staff and tossed it to the ground, it became alive. It lets us know when we just release it to God, things will begin to come alive in our lives. We got to just let it go. We got to let it go, release it from our hands and give it to God and let him do with it what he wants to do with it. And when he picked the stick back up, it became dead again. Sometimes you got to stop picking up dead things. Let them people go. Stop picking up dead stuff. We eagles. We're not crows. We're not buzzards. We have work to do, people. The word says to some he gave. So we all can't do the same job. To some he gave what? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teacher. Pastor, teacher is always going to be together. Every pastor should be a teacher. Or they should. But not every teacher is a pastor. So what do you possess that God can use if you only just release it to him? And let him do with it what he wants to do with it. Take your hands off of it. Stop asking God to bless you. And then when he bless you, you squander the blessing. And we know that all things work together, right? Not all good things. Not all bad things. All things. So whatever has happened to you in your life, it all works for your good. Amen? So if you let God have what's in your hands and let him take it, you'll take off. Amen. We on the runway, y'all. And this new space that I pray that we're allowed to move into, which is right down the, the street there, still on the same campus. It's spacious. It's beautiful. It's an awesome, awesome worship space. The acoustics are wonderful. And I just pray that God will work it out for us and that God will allow us to continue to move forward in this ministry yes. so we can bring people back to the fold. My Lord, my Lord. We just had to wait our turn. Mm -hmm. It's called persistence. We'll give it some time. Say, y'all got any space for us? 
earlier slot? Well, let's check and see. Sometimes God has to remove people out of the way so we can get to where we need to be. Amen. And he did. We had someone blocking our progress. So God retired them. Imagine that. As he saw near Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed. It flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Before his conversion, Paul walked around in spiritual blindness and saw nothing wrong with what he was doing. He was leading people, but down the wrong road. Right. He was a great leader and smart, intelligent. Mm -hmm. He believed that what he was doing was right, and people followed him. But Saul was wrong on all levels. <clears throat> because he convinced a few people that what he was doing was of God, they followed him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he had to get knocked off his beast. His high horse is what I say. And realize that what you're doing ain't right. You're arrogant with it. You don't care about people. So God had to show you who had the power. Do you understand the power you possess? Saul had the power and authority, but he misused it and abused it. And was leading people down the wrong path. Sometimes we have to experience loss. And Saul lost his eyesight but he gained insight when he was enlightened by the presence of Jesus. Have you gained insight when you were enlightened by the presence of God? What does your insight look like? Not your eyesight, but what does your insight look like? Mm -hmm. Can you still trust God in your blindness? Will you still trust God if you are physically not able to see? What will your inside tell you? What will your knower say to you? Your El Shana or Shanana. Yeah, that's it. What will that say? What will that gut feeling tell you if you couldn't physically see me? Well, could I convince you that I've been called by God to do this? How would you know? My Lord. You will know them by their fruit. And we ain't talk about people, about how you treat people, how you produce things, and, and how you act, and, and how you treat the servant, and how you treat the janitor, and how you say hello to the people that clean the bathroom, and how you say, God bless you, sister. I pray that God will give you a home and get you off the streets. That's how you know that you belong. I had a woman tell me the other day, you, you kind of embrace the underdog, don't you? I said, well, yeah, kind of, I do. Had a guy that I went to high school with. I met him in second grade. And at my 30-year high school reunion, he asked me, he says, remember that time, Doris? This is second grade, so, you know, <laughs> it was like, you know, 
40 years ago. <laughs> Remember that time when we were playing kickball on the playground? Yeah. And nobody would pick me to be on their team because I was too little and scrawny. And I didn't seem like that I was going to be a great team player. Mm. And remember that time when you picked me? He said, I thought that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh, but uh, it didn't stop there. Uh, you told me that you can do it. You get on that plate, and when they roll that ball, you kick it with all your might. God, God. Second grade. <laughs> and he says, but the beautiful part, the beautiful part about it is, when I kicked a home run, mm -hmm. and you cheered me on to home plate, and you named me Home Run Hartzell. <laughs> I remember that. I never forgot that. <laughs> home Run Hartzell is what I gave him. Mm -hmm. And he said he carried that title till the time we met 40 years. My Lord. People may not always forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Right, right, right. I made him feel like he was important to the team because he kicked a home run and we were all on base, hoping that he'd kick us all home, and he did. And we cheered him and we celebrated him. And that stayed with him for the duration of his life. My Lord. Now me, I had forgotten all about it. Right. 40 years ago. I was second grade. <laughs> Almost 50 years old, really? But he remembered that. So I've always known what my purpose was. I just didn't understand. I didn't see it. Right. So God has given me the eye test once again. Hmm. Do you see what you possess? Do you see your purpose? Do you see what you, what's that in your hand? What do you already have? Celebrate what you have. Don't worry about what you lost. Amen. Worry about what you have gained. Yes. Don't worry about what you left. Worry about what's going on right now. Come on now. Today is all that matters. Amen. Because today is all we have. Right. Right. So I say examine your spiritual eyes each time you step out of your comfort zone. Each time you step out of your home. Each time you go to work. What do you look like? in the presence of a blind person. When they touch your face, do they, do they see beauty? When they hear your voice, do you sound like someone who can comfort them? When you give them a hug, do you, do you feel loved or do you feel like, mm-mm, that's too close? You know how some sister girls give you that little butt out, head on the back, yeah. Uh-huh. It ain't that serious for me, sister. But when you give somebody a hug, you want them to feel loved. My Lord. So we have to understand our power in this life, our purpose, what we possess. And we have to make sure that we honor God with it. And not try to please man. We will never do it. We will always fail. Right. Our goal is to please God. And to thank him what he's already given us. He's given us a place to worship. Amen. Two o'clock, but we still worship it. Amen. Right. Some people had to close their doors. Right. And they had a whole lot of people. 
had been around for 18 years. Nowhere to go. But God is faithful. Amen? Yes, yes. If you stay faithful to God, man, he will open up all kinds of doors. God blessed me with a new laptop yesterday, and I didn't even buy it. Somebody blessed me with it. Well, I said, look at God. God will take care of you. God is just paying it forward. All the things that I've done to help people and to give, and not even think about it, not even care, not even wanting or expecting anything in return, when I do it secretly, God blesses me openly. Amen. I don't have to brag about it. I do it because I have a kind heart. And I want to see everybody blessed. Doesn't matter who you are, even my enemies. Go ahead, bless them, Lord. And uh, make sure they bless me too. How you doing? <laughs> Hello. You know, some enemies will just come over and hand you a thousand dollars. Thank you, baby. Appreciate yeah. you. I know you can't stand me, but God made you do it, didn't he? <laughs> That's how God will do. He'll make your enemies bless you. <laughs> and hold their feet to the fire if they don't. So I want you to give yourself the eye exam each day. What do you look like to a blind person? And will you convince them that you belong to God? How will you do it? By this or by your actions? Talk is cheap. I'm from Missouri. Show me you love me. Don't tell me. Show me. Convince me that God has called you. I'm not your judge, and I'm not the moral law. But I have insight. My Lord. <laughs> and I thank God for the insight that He's given me. If you have truly been enlightened by God's power, your lives will never be the same. Amen. I'm a living witness. So I ask you today how well do you see? How well do you see with the light of Christ glaring into your lives? I say take that eye exam every day and Amen. find out. Amen. 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 I received that word on the day. Yes. Amen. Amen. Good word. I pray that the eyes of your understanding be opened. Amen. That God will continue to bless you and enlighten you with His word everywhere you go, and that you share that message. Brother Isaiah is sharing the message. Mm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's sharing the message. Thousands of miles away, he's sharing the message. Joshua, teaching Bible study with his group, sharing the message. Thousands of miles away, God has trained us to train up our children in the way they should go. Right, right. And when they get older, they won't depart from that. Right. Sure, they may do some stuff that might be wacky and crazy and go wayward, but they always come back to the word of God. Amen? Amen. And that I am grateful for. The doors of the church are open. Amen. God has asked us to open up our spiritual eyes so we can see. And so that others can see us. Don't walk around in blindness. And don't allow others to walk around in blindness. If you have the key to Jesus Christ to introduce that lost soul, introduce Jesus Christ to that lost soul. Tell them that God is bigger, God is faithful, that Jesus is real. Let me tell you how I know. Let me tell you what he did for me. Let me tell you how he brought me out.
Let me tell you how he saved me. Let me tell you how he kept me. Let me tell you how he provided for me. Even when I didn't know where or when or how. Let me tell you what he's done for me. So yes, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that he is the Christ. That he is the Savior. That he is the Comforter. That he will return back for me. He knows my name. That's right. He called me by name. So how many of us will say yes? Lord. And he say, Vita, I want you to go to Dallas. You're going to meet a young lady. Well, She's going to be a little surprised, so I'm going to need for you to make sure you can keep up. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. I'm going to need to make sure you keep up now. Keep up your strength. <laughs> she's, she's, a, she's a young thing. But I, 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 I'm going to send you because she's going to help you. She's going to help you become a stable individual. Not that you were unstable, though. She's going to give you a place called home. She's going to give you a family. She's going to give you more stability.